0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martini's coming up. Hey, we're glad you're here at the Three Martini Lunch. If it looks like Jim and I haven't shaved or even changed clothes since yesterday, I really even left the bar. There's a good reason for that. It wasn't a good day, Election Day 2019, particularly in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Commonwealth of Kentucky... Actually, it was pretty good for Republicans, except for the most important race of the governorship. And, Jim, let's start there with our uh, bad martini. But before we do that, we should deliver a little bit of good news. And that's what we're brought to you today by Honey. Uh, if you want to save money online, you can do it by very easily signing up for free at joinhoney.com dot com slash martini so uh jim the liberals giddy today because it looks like matt bevin is out as governor of kentucky although it's not officially called still a few thousand votes but uh, looks like Bashir is going to end up uh, winning that race uh, Bevan was one of the most unpopular governors in america even though uh kentucky is a pretty reliably red state at least when it comes to presidential races and, and federal races but uh He wasn't very popular in his handling of the the teacher showdown, and it it certainly seemed to cost him on Tuesday. Where we live in Virginia, we kind of knew this was coming, so we were slightly braced for it, but it's still no fun. Uh, The Republicans had very narrowly controlled both the House of Delegates and the state Senate in Richmond. That will no longer be the case come January. Uh, Instead of a 51-49 Republican edge in the House, it's now probably going to be about 55-45. There's still a few races that have yet to be called. And a 21-19 edge for the Republicans in the Senate is now a 21-19 edge for the Democrats. So, Jim, with uh, Governor Northam still in power for the next two years... We know what's coming. Uh, Minimum wage hikes, perhaps a rollback of right to work, expanded abortion legislation, gun control, probably higher taxes. They're even going to try and blow the dust off the Equal Rights Amendment. So elections have consequences, and we better brace for it.
1: Yeah, I guess it's interesting to see the spin and people's attempts to uh, kind of put the best face on things. Look, this was was another disappointing election day for Republicans, their third one in a row. We can argue about 2018, they gained some Senate seats, they did okay in some governor's races. But it's been three straight years where Democrats have had really good turnout. And I don't think you need to be a genius to figure out why that is. Can Donald Trump stir up excitement on the Republican side? And Bring out some folks. Sure. Uh, but he also stirs up the Democrats and he stirs up a whole bunch of people and he is hurting the Republican Party in places where, you know, it, it is difficult. Now, let's go, let's go in order. Yeah. A lot of Matt Bevan's defeat is, you know, first and foremost, the fault of Matt Bevan. He was a unpopular governor for a good portion of his term. A good way of putting it is that you know, he, this was a guy who challenged McConnell as a Tea Party candidate way back when, Ran for governor, won a divided primary, had a kind of kiss and make up with McConnell. And he actually, you know, Ian McConnell had a pretty good working relationship for a long stretch, but never really unified a whole chunk of the, the Republican Party behind him. Did manage to unify the Democrats um, and just, you know, had brought a lot of baggage to this race. Now, is this one you want to put on Trump? Look, you know, there's only so much Trump can do. But the fact that Bevin was, you know, he did hold that rally there uh, right before the election day. He did say that coverage would suggest it was a tremendous defeat for him. I think it's safe to say Trump did everything he could to support Bevin in a state he won by just an enormous margin, and it didn't work. Uh, And so I think it indicates that there's a chunk of Trump voters who will come out for trump and that they will not come out for candidates not named trump even if he holds a rally and touts it there
0: that's the obama effect right obama can turn out people for himself but not necessarily for the people he's uh stumping for him.
1: yeah and, and that is a you know uh frustrating state of affairs we got about eight years of, as, as folks on the right we got to laugh about this for eight years and now we're on the reverse image of this and that uh it's, it's frustrating yes it's good that they won. Uh, all the statewide uh, races down ballot by a wide margin, and that does indicate the Republican brand in, in Kentucky is not demolished. I don't think you can make the argument that this is a, a bad sign for Mitch McConnell. I think it actually it could be a problem for Democrats in that if they're, they're convinced that Amy McGrath could beat him, then they're going to spend a lot of money on her. They're going to donate oodles of money, and she could very well turn into the Beta O'Rourke of, of this coming cycle. Uh, a Democratic challenger to an incumbent Republican who progressives across the country hate and they really, really want to beat uh, but that their calculation of victory just kind of ignores the state's demographics. And having said that, Bader O'Rourke did help down ticket Democrats in, in 2018. So that's not, you know, uh, all silver linings here. Is it a disaster for Republicans? No, but I think it's deeply frustrating that in a state like Kentucky, you don't want to lose governor's races. Is it good that Republicans won the Mississippi governor? Yes, that's great. You want a medal or a monument? I feel a bit like Chris Rock in his famous routine. <laughs> you want a whole bunch of races in Mississippi? What do you want? A cookie? That's what you're supposed to do if you're a Republican. We'll know more about Louisiana. I kind of feel like you know how this cycle went could hinge a great deal on whether the Republicans can knock out John Bell Edwards, uh, one of those rare pro-life Democrats. If Bell Edwards wins, real—that's basically what the uh, what uh, Hunt, the Democrat in Mississippi, was trying. I'm pro-gun. I'm pro-life, and I'm pro-tax cuts. You know, I'm, I'm Vote for me. I'm not really a Democrat. And he came within six. That's nothing to sneeze at. So, you know, another argument about whether the Democrats are able to come back in the South. And as you mentioned, like the Republican Party in Virginia is just nuked people. say, Oh, this is the swamp. This is all those government workers in in Fairfax County and up in northern Virginia. No, no. There is only one Republican in the state legislature from northern Virginia left from from Fairfax County uh, as of last night. and He lost. All those folks have already been wiped out in pre- previous cycles. This was losing Virginia Beach, and oh by the way, you know there are a whole bunch of, of so local races in places like Bucks County and, and Delaware County, and up in uh, up in Pennsylvania that went badly for Republicans. Uh, if you want to see any sign of good news for Republicans in, in suburban, they, they won back a couple of state assembly seats in, in New Jersey. Uh, I think they went from 26 to 32. out of, you know, so it's not like they did enormously well, but there the margin isn't quite as bad in New Jersey as it was. Look, last night's show to say a trend that has been working against Republicans since twenty seventeen is is just continuing. And this is they're gonna have to get their act together if they ever want to win the House of the House of Representatives back anytime soon. And again, I have a very tough time believing this completely disconnected from the guy who's been president of the United States since January twentieth, twenty seventeen.
0: Yes. And every county board now in Northern Virginia is dominated by Democrats. Virtually all, if not all the school boards are. Jim, it's probably happened before, given how long I've lived in Northern Virginia. I believe, I counted in my head before we went on the air, I think there were 10 races on the ballot. Every person I voted for lost. Not one actually ended up getting elected or reelected, whatever the case may be. And you hear all these stories about, oh, well, the Democrats have uh, regained control of the governor's mansion and the uh, both sides of the legislature for the first time since 1994, which is true. But the Democrats that were there in 1994 quite a bit different than the Democrats that are getting elected now. These aren't people who are trying to pretend, or in some cases actually are, like you mentioned the Democrat in Mississippi. Oh, I'm pro-gun and pro-life. I'm a different kind of Democrat. These people aren't pretending uh, that or or even actually uh, going down that line at all. These people are hardcore. We're talking about avowed socialists, Uh, my state delegates, the former local chapter head of the National Organization for Women. I mean, these people are going pedal to the metal hard left.
1: Yeah. And another important observation from Stephen Gutowski, one of my favorite uh, guys on the, the guns and second amendment beat went down, the, went down the web pages, went down all the candidate profiles, all their platforms. Uh, let's keep in mind, 17 candidates did not talk about Northam's assault firearms confiscation plan. Uh, 11 of them said, uh, talked about uh, universal background checks and red flag laws and six did not mention guns at all. You know, when they come in and say, oh, we have a mandate for this uh, in the next two years, a whole bunch of them did not campaign on this and remain strategically silent about it. I'd hope to think the Virginia Republican Party can throw this in their faces. But this is what happens, you know, Virginians. You elect Democrats, you're going to get liberal policies no matter what they campaign on.
0: No, that's right. And in Northern Virginia, where the population is really exploding and getting more and more liberal, you' probably campaign openly on that and, and not pay a price. But uh, some of these more marginal districts, it may have made a difference. So if you live in Virginia or somewhere else and you realize you're going to have far less money in your pocket soon because Democrats are in control, saving money becomes more and more of a priority for you. And especially as you head toward the holiday season and everybody's sharing their wish list and their gift list and you realize the list is getting longer and longer and... People want expensive things. Saving money is also a huge priority because we love to give gifts at Christmas and overspending on those gifts is definitely not something we want to do if we don't have to. So why spend more than you have to find the lowest price? You can do it easily if you have Honey. Honey is a free browser extension that automatically finds the best promo codes whenever you shop online. This means you always get the best deals without even trying. How great is that? You don't even have to pay attention to discount codes and coupons. Honey does it for you because it's on over 20,000 sites like Amazon, eBay, J.Crew, Sephora, Expedia, Target, Best Buy, and more. And so when you have all these holiday gifts to buy, birthday gifts uh, could be popping up at this time of the year as well. And the government's about to steal more of your money. You're going to feel great when you save money each time you use honey. And when you do, you'll have at least a little bit left uh, for some of the things that you want to do for your own family or for yourself. So honey is the way to go.
1: Or for higher payments
0: to Governor Ralph Northam. (laughs)
1: Honey has found more than 10 million members, more than a billion dollars in savings. That is billion with a B as in Bumblebee, not merely an M as in million. Honey supports more than 20,000 online stores. And Honey has more than 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store.
0: So just in time for the holiday season, if you're buying gifts, you need Honey. Bottom line, if you're not doing any gift buying, you probably know someone who is. So do them a big favor and tell them about Honey. Honey can help make sure that you're getting the best price for whatever you're buying. It's free to use and installs in really just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com/martini. That's joinhoney.com/martini. All right, waiter, you can hold off on the hemlock for just a moment here. Yes, it's been a rough uh, couple of days here with the Virginia elections, but uh And looking at some other initiatives, at least across the country, we're not going to sugarcoat this. It was a bad night for Republicans, certainly. But as Jim pointed out in the morning jolt today, uh, it wasn't necessarily a terrible night for conservative ideas once they were unlinked from the Republican Party, which we could have a whole dissertation on why that's a huge problem for the Republican Party, at least in the near future. But uh, as you point out today, Jim, in Washington state, voters narrowly rejected bringing affirmative action back to state contracting and university admissions. Uh, In a non-binding referendum, voters overwhelmingly rejected the idea of applying retail sales tax to online retailers. Uh, In Seattle, the self-proclaimed socialist city council member appears to have lost her seat to a pro-business challenger. I think my personal favorite, in Colorado, voters gave fiscal conservatives a big win by rejecting an effort to let the state keep any tax revenues above the state spending cap. And in Sussex, New Jersey, voters approved by a two-to-one margin the referendum directing the local freeholder board to cooperate with U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And I believe Tucson, Jim, also uh, decided not to become a sanctuary city. So there are some glimmers out there and they should not go unnoticed.
1: No. And in fact, if anything, this is our you know not just our silver lining, but this is our uh, reassurance that a lot of the ideas that we believe in are still popular, are still, you know, strike people as common sense. How bad do you have to be as a bunch of candidates if you keep losing while campaigning on a bunch of ideas that people like as long as they're not associated with you? <laughs> um, and, you know, I, just on immigration, by the way, I, I have a corner post on this I put up just a little while ago. Um, you mentioned the Tucson uh, referendum yesterday. But like Tucson, Arizona is a deep blue city. Uh, Arizona as a whole is pretty red, but this is a heavily Democratic city, elected Democratic mayor. Um, it's worth noting, most Democratic office holders in the city did not like it. They knew it was going to get a court challenge almost immediately. Uh, but it's still lost something like, you know, uh, I would say I've, the, something like in the neighborhood of like 65 to 70, um, maybe even more. I think maybe even like three to one uh, range. Uh, Sussex County, well, it's worth noting, that's a de- you know fairly Republican corner of New Jersey, but it's still passed. It's the referendum saying... Local law enforcement should pay, uh, cooperate with ICE by a two-to-one margin. Uh, I went back in 2018, which, again, terrible year for Republicans pretty much across the board, and uh, there were a bunch of sheriff races, which kind of turned into de facto referendums on cooperation with ICE. Did Democrats win a bunch? Yes. Did Republicans manage to reelect a bunch of senators who were cooperating with ICE? Yeah. And including in places like Orange County, Right. Now you throw in the affirmative action uh, referendum up in, Mas- uh, up in Washington. Uh, I think these, you're right, that Colorado referendum about spending was a huge deal because you know, conservatives have not had a lot of wins in Colorado for a long time. Um, a very ominous outlook for Cory Gardner there. You know, Republicans don't do well in Colorado. They don't do well in Washington. They don't do well uh, in, in places like Tucson or Orange County or something like that. What conservative ideas do? If you're a Republican, this should do some really deep soul searching. And this, you know, having mentioned, you know, the 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 fact that I, I have a hard time believing that the president is blameless for all the Republican losses in the suburbs over the past three years, this is an area where, okay, maybe some of this is goes beyond the the the, uh, the president. you know, President uh, Trump is either going to go away in January twentieth, twenty twenty-one, or maybe he gets another four years. But one way or another. Republicans are going to need to be able to compete in places like Bucks County and Fairfax County, where I'm sitting right now, Um, and the suburbs in New Jersey and places like that. These were once places Republicans, you know, either they won or they managed to keep it close so they could, you know, win the rest of the state or win the rest of the district. You know, you can't win on just rural areas in the exurbs. And you've got an idea, ideas that are appealing in urban places (laughs) and suburban places. So what's going wrong, Republicans? Why, you I think it was was it Breitbart who said, if you can't win by selling freedom, you stink. And I'm paraphrasing him a bit. So, yeah, that's where we are, Greg. We are right, but nobody loves us.
0: All right. Well, let's get to our crazy martini here. And uh, last we heard anyway, Kamala Harris is still running for president, but she's also still a senator from California. And she's got a new idea that we... Are going to tear limb from limb here. Uh, first of all, National Review reporting Democratic presidential candidate Kamala Harris is proposing extending the school day to 6 p.m. in an effort to align the schedules of students and their working parents. The California senator plans to release a bill Wednesday asserting that, quote, aligning school and work schedules is an economic growth and child development strategy. A test run of the program will provide up to $5 million each for five years to 500 schools attended mostly by children from low-income families, funding that will help the schools experiment with a longer schedule that matches up with the typical workday. Weekends, federal holidays, and emergencies would be the only days schools would not be open to students. Uh, Mother Jones, trying to fluff up this plan, uh, basically talked about how it's just terrible for parents So when kids get out of school around 3 o'clock and they don't get off till 5. They even uh, suggest that, well, yes, you'd have to find something to do with your kids on teacher work days and, and federal holidays. Let's just do away with summer vacation and basically have a week off. Uh, John Gabriel, our colleague to some extent over there at Ricochet, says the actual goal here is obviously something different, strengthening teachers unions, federalizing local schools and further replacing the family with the state. And Jim, as soon as I heard this plan from Kamala Harris, it reminded me of a story we covered six and a half years ago now because I just dug it up in the archive. That's how I know that. Uh, This is back when MSNBC was doing these kind of issue ads with their anchors talking about things that matter to them. And back then, they had an anchor named Melissa Harris Perry. And Uh here's the ad that she pitched. We have And so by the looks of this, Jim, uh, Kamala Harris and her liberal allies who think the children belong to the collective essentially want parents to get your kids up, bring them to school, pick them up, feed them some dinner and put them to bed. And basically all the education that your kids are going to get is going to come from the government.
1: I was kind of pleased by the fact that the Harris campaign leaked this to a friendly reporter the reaction on Twitter was vehemently negative, even from folks who. And if you're following this reporter, you're probably not a huge fan of. You're probably generally a fan of Kamala Harris, but it got you know very strongly negative reaction. Then she pulled the tweet and said, "No, no, no, my previous tweet misrepresented it. The fact that there was that sudden you know, recalibration was a you know rather encouraging sign. I think it was my colleague, or I guess my former colleague, Mark Hemingway, way back in the red meat days of, of National Review who had one of my favorite uh, takes where he observed, this is looking at the problems with the wrong end of the telescope, he tweeted a couple hours ago. The policy goal should be the freedom where one parent has the freedom to take care of the kids, not institutionalizing kids so that parents can work. And I think if you gave a lot of, you know, if you gave families that option, some families already have that option. Some families, you know, do are making enough with one earner that the other earner can stay home, uh, the other parent can stay home and take care of the kids. Um, some families would choose to keep two-order families. That's, you know, what you do is you're fine, but we want an environment where you have that option, not where one where, well, you don't have to worry about the fact that you're both working long hours and you both have long commutes because don't worry, the state's going to take care of your kids until uh, 6 p.m. Um, now, look, a lot of schools, by the way, already offer after-school programs and stuff like that. Uh, most high schools have some sort of, you know, after-school athletics, after-school Clubs, drama, all that kind of stuff. So it's really not that unusual to see kids staying after school in programs like this. So one, it's, it's less revolutionary than Kamala Harris is suggesting. Second of all, again, if you, you know, is this really the problem? Is the problem that schools aren't open long enough? Or is the problem that Americans don't have the flexibility and choices they want? If you really wanted to alleviate the stress on working families, you'd figure out a way so that parents could get out of work at a reasonable hour get to the school or after school care or something like that, just, you know, at a reasonable hour and back be back home by, you know, dinner hour. A lot of families, that's how they grew up. And it feels like that's slipping through our fingers in our new modern economy uh, is some of that, you know, is, there's no magic wand government policy to do it. But again, nationalizing the idea that every school should be open from eight to six does not strike me as a uh, uh, particularly wise idea. And if the, the reaction to it is somewhat encouraging.
0: I don't know if I'm being too cynical. Let me know if you think I am. Uh, I agree that, yes. uh, that flex- <laughs> the flexibility is, uh, is the proper thing to focus on. My uh, contention here is that they don't want that flexibility. They want to grow government to the size where the tax burden on families is such that the parents don't have any choice. They both have to work. They both have to work long hours. The government will effectively raise the kids in the schools. And that whole Melissa Perry Harris pipe dream is no longer a pipe dream, but it's pretty close to their reality.
1: I think there's definitely that. I think you 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 also have this, you, you may have noticed because the law, local lawmaker, I think it was up in New Hampshire, who went on this like furious, profane rant about private schools and uh, uh, Catholic schools and such. Again, these are people who don't believe in choice. These are people who don't believe that you should be able to make your own decisions. Like if you, you know, uh, my kids go to public school. I think public schools are great. You know, hopefully you have a good public school. If you're happy with your public school, God bless you glad you're glad you got it lots of people aren't lots of people don't like the performance of the local public school they want the option to send their kids either to a different public school in a different community right across the school district lines or they want the option to send their kids to private school in a better country we'd be trying to give as many choices to as many people as possible because surprise surprise people are happiest with that outcome but no no the government knows best Kamala Harris knows best and she's going to direct all this stuff I'd be much more worried about this, Greg, if she wasn't, you know, struggling to stay ahead of Tulsi Gabbard.
0: (laughs) But these lefties, they keep moving the needle. They might not win, but they're moving the needle, just like Bernie Sanders in the 2016 campaign. But uh,
1: Hey, at least we're winning all these these elections year after year, huh, Greg? (laughs) That's right.
0: Elections do have consequences. All right, Jim, we should probably go home at some point. So let's do that. See you tomorrow. Actually, no, you're off till Tuesday. You're till Tuesday. (laughs)
1: yes i will be out for a few days uh it's not necessarily a hard bender because of uh, election day nor is it necessarily a hard bender because of the jets having said that <laughs> greg if we did not have good families good work good friends and everything else going well on a personal scale the world would be a very depressing
0: buck up conservatives we lost this one but uh as adam Gase likes to say we'll fix it up and, and do better next time
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't use him
0: don't use him as the role model Just (laughs) Have a good vacation. We'll see you on Tuesday.
1: See you Tuesday, Greg. Jim
0: Garrity of National Review. I'm Greg Corubus of Radio America. Thank you for being with us today and hanging with us through our therapy session here. Uh, We hope you're back again on Thursday. Chad Benson will be in for Jim. If you like the podcast, please subscribe if you don't already. Also, leave us a nice five-star review at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget, real easy to sign up for Honey and save money with all those online purchases. Join Honey.com slash martini. And come back Thursday for the next Three Martini Lunch.